thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. Amen. I am Prophet Dexter Harden standing in the gap trying to fill the shoes of Pastor Charles Bronner. How many of you know those are some big shoes to fill? I don't know if I have any jokes on this evening, so. But I do have a word from God that he gave me to give to you. Is that all right? Amen. Luke 15. 15th chapter of Luke, 11th verse. Amen. We will be continuing on with conquering your trouble at a later time. But God gave me something else for this evening. Luke 15, 11th verse, if you would rest on your feet. And it reads, And he said, A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Amen. Now, the Message Bible is somewhat different. I like the Message Bible. It simplifies it. It reads, then he said, there was once a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want right now what's coming to me. Hallelujah. You just bow your heads for a quick word of prayer. Father God, we ask that you come in right now, God. Take control, oh God. Take my spirit out of the way and replace it with your spirit. Oh God, right now, oh God, open my eyes that I may see spiritually, oh God. Open my ears that I may hear from you, oh God, and touch my tongue right now. That the words that I speak, oh God, will touch somebody right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're grateful for our internet audience on this evening. Amen. Just stay tuned and and get what you can get from God. For a topic on this evening, we'll be talking about there's no place like home. Amen. Amen. And we're going to sub-reference that topic with at the point of no return. Then he said a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Now that's coming out of the New King James Version. The New King James Version used the two main words, Give me. Now in the book of Luke, chapter 15, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and scribes in parables. You see, they were upset with Jesus for he was showing favor toward the taxpayers and sinners, or they felt he was showing some favor. So Jesus used parables, which were short, simple stories designed to communicate a spiritual truth or a religious principle or moral lesson. It could also be defined as a comparison or an example drawn from everyday experiences. Jesus was using these parables to teach the Pharisees and scribes that the taxpayers and sinners had just as much right to enjoy the grace and guidance of him as they did. Now we want to deal with and briefly examine the parable of the prodigal son. This parable demonstrated truths and principles. It demonstrated the essence of leaving home. In this message, we will be 
dealing with three points of the parable, focusing on the prodigal son. The three points are the consideration to leave home, life on the other side of home, and coming back home. Our Bible explains, starting at the 11th verse of Luke 15, that a certain man had two sons. And the younger son, one day he decided that he didn't want to wait for his inheritance. He was tired of waiting on his father to die to get what he thought was his. He wanted it right then and there. How many of you get like that sometimes? You want it right then and now. Now, it was not unusual for a father to divide his estate before he died. But if he wished to, ret- if he wished to retire from managing his affairs, his day-to-day affairs, but for the son to request it in this manner was disrespectful. Give me. But because of his father's love, the father's love for a son or for a daughter, the Bible tells us he granted his request. How many of you know that the Lord will sometimes allow us to do certain things? It may not be in his divine will or his, his ever-loving will, but it may be in his permissive will. Now, if it's in his permissive will, that, doesn't, that means that he's going to allow you to do it, but that doesn't mean he's going to be there to, to, to help you all along the way. He's going to allow some things to come against you because basically you were hard-headed. But because of his love for us, he allows it. Now, sometimes we just have to learn the hard way. How many of you know that we don't always do what we're supposed to do? We don't always follow the straight and narrow path, but we take some detours sometimes. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, there's no place like home. But we continuously forget that. Let us, if you will, look at the manner in which the son requested his inheritance briefly. We see in the 12th, that 12th verse of the chapter, 12th chapter, the son said, give me my portion. Now, the two key words there are given me. This represents the son's selfishness. It's all about me. I don't care about nobody else, but it's all about me. See, the son chose to make his request in a begrudging manner. How many of you know that it's a certain way you request something from God? It's a certain way you talk to your parents. You don't go to your parents and say, Mama, give me. Or daddy give me, you may get slapped. Well, I came from that time. I don't know about you, but it's a more gentle kind of time. But I remember when I went to my mother and said, give me, and was demanding and screaming, I always got a backhand. See, it's a certain way you talk to your pastors or elders. Or It's funny how we can give more respect to that supervisor on our job than we do to our own family and our own house. Not saying that you got to be yes, sir, no, sir, all the time, or yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, or title this and title that. No, that's not, a, not at all what I'm saying. But there's a way, a certain way, you know how people do. When they speak, they, they are kind of demeaning. But we have to remember that we have to be respectful. We can't talk to anybody any kind of way. Even our wives or our husbands, sometimes we forget we're talking to our own spouse. We can't talk to our children any kind of way because, see, what it does is it, is it builds off. They build off of us. It, when, if we talk to them that way, they're going to talk to their children that way. They're going to talk to other people that way. But we have to re- be mindful and remind ourselves that treat everybody like you want to be treated. You have to show the respect to gain respect. 
You don't have to do everything that the pastor tells you to do, but you got to obey God. If the pastor tells you to jump off the back of a moving turnip truck, that's when we need to use common sense. Well, this is going to hurt me. This is going to send me some pain. This may injure me to the point of death. But you must know how to submit and respectfully say no, pastor. I just can't do it. I respect your position and authority, but no. The only person you must obey all the time is God. How many of you know obedience is better than sacrifice? Talking about there's no place like home. See, we see that the father gave the son his inheritance as he requested. And on down in verse 13, it says that shortly after receiving his portion, the son gathered together all his belongings, journeyed into a far country where he wasted his substance, meaning he spent all he had, couldn't pay attention. Lavish living, he was living lavishly, meaning he was splurging. He didn't have to buy it. But because he thought he had it all and had enough money, he could buy whatever he wanted to. See, he was grown now. I can just imagine, if you will, the son or one of the saints today leaving home, leaving the church, taking all they have. Think about one of your children leaving home. Maybe your child disrespected you when they left home, thinking they had it going on. Getting the big head. Going out wasting all that they've been blessed with. And then failing. How many of you know if you, t- if you turn back, turn your back on Jesus, you're on your own. You can cuss your parents. You can cuss your friends, the pastor. But when you turn your back on Jesus Christ, you're doomed. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't turn your back on God. Now the Bible tells us that the prodigal son had wasted all he had. Our Bible tells us that there was a great famine in the land. Or you can replace that with, there was a great flood in Georgia. He was going through some hard times. Lost his home, lost his job. Lost the clothing that was on his back. Got so bad for him that he took a job working for a citizen of the country. Had to go back to the fields. Had never been in the fields working. Only supervising. Had to get his hands dirty. Had to feed some swine. See, it was against the law and his beliefs to even think of touching swine. So this was probably the worst job he ever, he ever thought about having. He had to feed them. And you know, when you have to feed pigs or you feed swine, you got to get in that slop bucket. Oh, I know a little bit about feeding pigs. Maybe a little young to you, but I know a little bit about feeding. We had some hogs. But you got to get in the mud, you got to get dirty, and you got to put that bucket of slop. They call it slop, and you got to put it in a trough. And that pig's nose right there beside your hand is bumping you and knocking you out the way, and 400-pound hog is not no joke in the mud. One little leg bumping you on the ground. See, Satan was standing back laughing, rejoicing because he had broken all the man's morals. All his beliefs had turned on him. He turned into the, one of the main things his people or family despised. He had become a vagabond, a bomb, poor trash in the sight of his people. I believe he had reached the point of no return. See, his selfishness and worldly desires had engulfed him. He allowed the devil to use and abuse him. See, what we have to do is we, we can't allow the devil to put selfishness in our lives. How many of you know selfishness and worldly desires will send you to hell? 
But he had reached a sinful state of mind and had no one to blame for his condition but himself. His trials and tribulations was of of his own will. Hard-headed, rebellious selfishness. After a while of laying in in the bed, pitting himself, reaping what he sowed, we see the son became remorseful. He began to think and reminisce about all the things he had left back home. See, that's when he started wanting to come back, coming back home. He was at the point of no return. He thought about all the food he had, the clothes he had, the money he had, the comforts of home that he had left behind. That warm feeling when you come in your mom's house. That peaceful feeling when you come in your parents' home. If he could have, he, I believe he would have thought about those thoughts, those bonds he had spent out. AOL and Lycos and Cisco and Mindspring he left behind. Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Chevron, Texaco he left behind. Walmart, Lowe's, Home Depot. I also believe he thought about the way he left his family and the way he left God the Father and his salvation in Christ. Our, Our Bible tells us that he went out from the place he was living, going back home, seeking after his father. He had finally came to the realization that there was no place like home. We see that while he was still a great ways off, his father saw him. He didn't know what to expect. He figured his father would treat him like an outcast. Maybe he would get a job as a slave or a servant. But we know as soon as he reached his father, his father had compassion. How many of you know God has compassion? God has mercy and grace that's sufficient for us. And the Bible says he ran and he fell on his neck and kissed him. How many of you know it doesn't matter how much dirt you do. As long as you come back to Jesus Christ and you have a repentant heart. The son couldn't understand his father's behavior. He was trying to apologize, trying to repent to his father, trying to repent to God. But the father only rejoiced in the son's return. How many of you know that you always have a place in Jesus Christ? We see that the father had his servants bring him his best role. Placed it around his son along with his prize ring. Put shoes on his feet. Fed him from his cattle. Got the best calf he had. Feasted and celebrated and rejoiced because his son had returned home. Taking the son back. Just like God will take us back. Time and time again. You may leave the church and your natural family on bad terms. But when you reach the point of no return, when you let selfishness and pride get in the way. But Jesus will never leave you, nor will he forsake you. God is faithful and just to forgive the sins of man. We know the son made it back home. He had his prosperity back. Thought he was missing something in the world, but got his prosperity back, got his money back. His money was looking funny, but he came back home and then got it all back. He got his respect back. Power he had at home. The freedom he had already at home. The joy in Jesus Christ he already had at home. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, 33 to 
should seek him first, the kingdom of heaven, and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be, not maybe, but shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Come on and give God a hand praise. I'm here to tell you that if you leave home, leave in good standing. There's nothing wrong with going out on your own and trying new things, but leave on good terms. So when you leave home on the good terms, you're already covered. You don't have to worry about whether I'm going out here by myself. Mama has already blessed it. Daddy has already blessed it. God the Father has already blessed it. You can have a cattle on a thousand hills. You can have that Mercedes Benz that you've been lusting after. (laughs) And I did use the term lust. Some of us just crazy about vehicles. But you can treat your family better than you can treat that car. If you leave home right and come back home right. If you stay at home, that million dollars belongs to you. That stock market belongs to you. How many of you know the stock market is not for, for the people of the world, but it's for the people who are righteous. The gold and silver is ours. Because, see, we are princes and princesses. Isn't that what the Bible says? The Bible says we, ask, we have not because we ask not. So we need to start asking. We need to start praying. And asking God and believing God that that he will supply our every need. According, all you have to do is stay home. Philippians 4, 19 says that God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. There's no place like home at the point of no return. Amen. Give God a hand praise. Amen. Hopefully someone has received something on this evening that has touched your spirit and that will manifest itself in your lives at the point of no return because there's no place like home. Thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word. Go to airjesus.com. There's no place like home. Thank you again. Amen. We bless you. God has a place for us. If we only just believe on him, he has a place for us. I don't care how hard it gets and how many trials come your way. I don't care how many times you get knocked down and criticized and and talked about and, and bit on and kicked around and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many times your children seem like they don't even love you. They won't even pick up the phone and call you and say, Mom, I've been thinking about you. Daddy, are you all right? But see, I learned a long time ago when I left home. I left home at 16 years old when it moved in with my brother. Not because I was on bad terms with my parents, but because I went to school in another town. And it was so much easier just to get up. But my mom allowed me to do it because she knew the burden that was on me. But at the same time, I knew that it hurt her heart to see her son, her youngest son. There's only two of us. 
go out at so, such an early age. But I always remember to call my mom. If I didn't call her every day, I called her every other day. And the same for my dad. If I, if, if I, didn't, if I called my mom and she was at work, I called home to make sure he was all right. Because, see, God will not forget you if you just take time to respect and adore your parents. Amen? So to this day, I still do the same thing. I call and check on them three times a week at least. Not because I got my hand out, but because I love them. Amen? Somebody need to hear it. It's not just me rambling, but somebody needed to hear that. See, there's something about God, and, 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 and when God speaks to me, I, I hear, I listen. Because I was going to go a different route. But see, God said, no, stay right there. Stay right there because somebody needs to know that they need to treat their parents better. I tell you, a while back, I got upset. It's been years ago, but I got up, kind of got upset with my mom about something she said. And she wasn't telling a lie. She was telling the truth. But it kind of struck a nerve. And see, I'm, if you, if it, for the ones of you who know me, I'm very humble. And I try to be. That's, that's one of my main things, to remain humble. And so, so when when the devil knows you, you got a certain gift and got a certain humbleness about you, he can attack you and attack your hum. He well, he attack my humbleness. I had received an award and everything, most humble male at the church I was attending. And so I, I and I thought I had it going on. That little pride and, and um, boastfulness came in. And so I was ordained and licensed. It's been about 11 years ago. And I was ordained as a prophet. And so my mom is an evangelist in the church that I was attending. My father is an apostle at the church I was, I was attending, my home church. And so I, I said, okay. I got a little title now, so I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. So she said something to me that was true. And it struck a nerve with me. And instead of answering her respectfully, I, I kind of throw my little title around. And before I even got the words out of my, completely out of my mouth, it caught, I caught myself. I said, oh God. And I began to repent right then. But see, when you speak a certain thing and you, you, you don't watch that tone, you can hurt people. And see, mom knew that it, I wasn't intending to do that. But it hurt her. I could see it in her face. I could see tears forming in her eyes. And I, got, I told myself and I told God that I would always watch how I speak to my mom. I don't care how high I get and how blessed I am. My mom will always know more than me. She will always be more wise than I am. 
So I'm telling you for a reason. Not just parents, but watch how you talk to people. And the Bible says if you treat your parents right, your days will be long. That's all you got to do. That's the only requirement for a long life. Treating people the way that God will treat you. Amen. Give God a hand praise. Amen. We love you and we thank God for you. And may God bless you. This ends message number 6296 by Dexter Harden. To hear other messages or to send this message number 6296 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. This has been message number 6296. There's no place like home. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.